0: thank you for listening to this podcast from the resting place tampa we hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org i am so expectant this morning um, just for what the lord wants to do we uh, our the first gathering just was it was so powerful and the Lord met us in such a beautiful way so I'm really expectant for what God's gonna do in this gathering. Um, let me pray real quick. Father, Lord, I just thank you, God, for your presence here. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that everything that needs to be spoken, everything that needs to be said would pierce the hearts of your people, Lord Jesus, and bring freedom, bring healing, and bring bring a holy conviction, um, bring joy. Father, everything that you have in store for us this morning, God, we say yes to it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I um so... Last Sunday we had to gather. How many of you were at together? Oh man, it was powerful. It was powerful. It was so beautiful. I believe they said we had like 4000 people and I don't know, I think like over a dozen salvations, which is something to celebrate and we just say thank you Jesus. For what you did, one of the things the Lord was showing me was how um, I began to have pictures um, as we were praying into and preparing for it of uh, prayer rooms from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And the Lord, we kind of took me up in a vision, and I began to see these old prayer meetings that were happening, praying specifically for what happened on Sunday with the unity and with the revival and the pouring out of God's Spirit as everyone laid down their agendas and their and their and their services, and um, it was just so cool, and the Lord showed me that even the prayers that were happening in these prayer rooms, that they begin to fill like wells. Uh, it was like the prayers of the saints. They begin to fill wells, and Sunday, I believe the Lord, it was like every cap that was on every well just began to explode one after another, and I believe it was the synergy of the prayers from past generations and past decades that have been contending for unity and freedom and the outpouring of the Spirit in Tampa Bay. I felt like Sunday was a marking moment for that so i just want to say yes to the lord really really just having his way and that the destiny and assignment and purpose of tampa bay would be fulfilled in jesus name so it was just incredible it was incredible but coming off of together um i you know i kind of began to ask the question which maybe a lot of you did was like okay like what's what's next like where do we go from here what's next corporately what's next for me personally, and I just began to kind of ask the Lord that after it was done throughout the rest of the week, and one of the things that the Lord just began to ring out the word revival in my heart, and I'm just like, you know, I know that can be kind of like a buzzword in the church, you know, like revival or whatever, but I just, I couldn't shake it, and so I'm asking the Lord, and he said, you can't have a corporate, corporate and community revival until there is a personal revival." And so, and to me, this is what I define revival as. A revival is just an awakening of what is already on the inside of you. Revival is awakening, an awakening of what is already on the inside of you. It's not an event and it's not a hype service. It's not even a moment But revival transforms us from the inside out to where we can't do anything except just continue to burn for the Lord. And all of the things that he's placed within us just begin to stir up. They begin to awaken. And we become fully awakened to the love and power of Jesus. That, to me, is what revival is. Amen? It's awakening what's already in you. All right? So the Lord took me back to the beginning at creation. And he said, you see, we, we, we need to realize that we are part of a bigger story, bigger than this Sunday morning. I say it every week that this this right here, Sunday mornings, is like 1% of your week, like literally, 1%. If this is the fellowship you have with the Lord, you need to go check your heart because this is not it. This is a gift to be able to gather with the believers together. But it's there's there's more than just this, and so um, it's it's bigger than even what happened at together. And I believe it started with creation when God created man to not only love him but to be loved by him. And one of the assignments that the Lord gave to Adam was, and to the people generations that were to come, one of the one of the assignments he gave was this, to subdue the earth and to have dominion. Right. That's what he has called us to. But how can we expect to to have dominion over the earth and all of the trials and all of the situations if we don't have a personal revival within us? How are we going to expect awakening and how are we going to expect all these things when our hearts aren't even fully awakened or revived or revitalized? Okay? How do we expect to walk in the fullness of who God has called us to be if we are only believing and walking out portions of the scripture and portions of the truth and what, what kind of like fits our situations with where we're at? How do we expect to walk in full revival when we're only taking pieces of what the Lord has given us? Revival is birthed out of communion with the Lord. Remember, I said revival is, is just an awakening of what's already in you. And I'm telling you, when revival hits your spirit, it releases a raw desperation for the things of God. You become desperate for communion with him. And I w- even as I was preparing this message, there was a conviction. I, I spent so much time, I'm preparing, and then I'd go repent, and then I'm preparing, and then I would go pray. I'm like, ah. So, like, because the Lord, like, I've honestly, I, just to be real, like, I have not maintained full revival in my heart, if I'm being honest. I've had many times where I have made God subject to my schedule, and when I've said phrases like, I'm praying while I'm, I'm gonna pray while I'm doing the dishes, and I'm praying while I'm driving, you know, so I like, I'm good, but I'm sorry. If that's the extent of your prayer life, that is not communion, and that is not fellowship with the Lord, and I'm gonna come back to it, because you guys will be like, she's knocking my prayer life. No, I'm inviting you into more this morning, okay? If Jesus, the Son of God, made intentional time to get away and have fellowship with the Father, I think that's pretty important for us to consider. In the midst of what you do, I know we have family. I know we have schedules. I know we're busy. Kids got sports. We got things. We got this, that, jobs, blah, blah, blah. If Jesus... Took time to get away, to be with the Lord because that's what everything, that's what his ministry and his life was fueled out of his fellowship and communion with God. We might need to check ourselves a little bit and where we're at and if we have caused God to become subject to our schedule or is he first, okay? There's a difference between union and communion, okay? Nothing breaks the union, meaning my works can't get me any closer to someone that I am one with, which is Jesus, but I can have seasons of communion that ebb and flow and maybe he gets the scraps of my energy. But in communion, that's where the personal revival happens. Why? Because communion keeps us in a place of thanksgiving. Communion keeps us in a place of reverence, of remembrance, and of adoration to the Lord. We have to stay in communion. When you make room for communion, it awakens something within your spirit and it makes you come alive. How many of you have just been like in a mess or you've been down and you just even go in and spending five minutes with Jesus. You come out, you're like, yeah, right? What does fellowship and communion with the Lord, intentional getting away with God, even if it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, Everybody's got their own story and their own journey. But again, what is subject to what? Who is subject to who? When you dare to stop and be intentional with your focus on Jesus, whether it's an hour or 10 minutes, and you remember, you you begin to remember why you live, why you move, why you have your being, and it revives something in you. Like I said, I don't want anybody leaving saying Gigi's knocking my prayer life because that's when being Jesus get our time in the car. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm just saying, are you intentionally submitting your time to the Lord for the sake of personal revival to be manifested in your life? Not the scraps of your day and not the bedtime prayer, but are you making space for relationship with the Lord? How often? Do you have fellowship with God? And here's one thing: don't live a lifestyle of just awareness of Him, but live a lifestyle of fellowship and communion with Him. First Corinthians one nine: God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship of His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord is inviting us into fellowship. It's a call. It's not a. It's 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 not a. Uh, uh, a prerequisite it's not mandatory it's not anything like that it's not saying as long as you xyz it's a call why would we want to not step into the more of the of what Jesus is calling into and what I love about this it's talking about the fellowship of his son in this scripture the word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia which means an intimate partnership so I look at it like this we are interwoven with Christ What does that look like? This is what I believe it looks like. This is when his will, plans, and affections become our will, plans, and affections. When his kingdom is now our our kingdom and his glory is now our daily pursuit. That is the result of koinonia. That is the result of fellowship. When his ways and his purpose, all of everything that he has, then becomes ours, not the other way around. Again, who's submitting to who? What is submitting to what? This is the lifestyle of communion that we are to be walking in, but it comes by way of making space for him to speak to us individually as well as corporately. So revival in our hearts shouldn't spark the question of am I doing enough? but it should awaken the question of is there more. Ah, that will break off works real quick. It's not am I doing enough, but is there more? That's where we need to live in. That takes the pressure off. That takes the striving off. That takes the feeling like I'm not good enough, I'm not doing this. The Lord is calling you into fellowship. And he's not saying, you need to do X, Y, Z. He's saying, hey, I got more. Will you pursue it? So there's four things that I believe, Gigi's thoughts, will awaken personal revival. Number one, an understanding of God's love. Number two, conviction. Number three, repentance. And number four, hunger. These are the four things that I believe will awaken personal revival. Understanding God's love is the starting point. It is the foundation. And if you read through 1 John 4, which I encourage you, and for a time I'm not going to, you're going to discover the depth of his love. But in reading 1 John 4, I'm going to tell you just some things that I found. You may know some of these, but let me remind you because it's so good. Love is not something he chooses to do or give, but it's the very essence of who he is. He doesn't just love, he is love. He's not like others that only love based on the value that you give them. He loves without condition. His love never fails, it endures, and it cannot be measured. Personal revival begins when we know that he has made up his mind about us, and the person of love has gripped our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. His love will never change for you. Why? Because it's impossible. His nature is to love. Nothing, nothing, nothing will change that. I'm telling you, if we really, really, truly get this, this will spark the first step of true awakening in your heart and revival in your heart, knowing how loved you are by the Father. We we try to put God in the same box as us. Like, if if it would make us mad, it probably will make God mad. That's not how it works. Thank God that's not how it works. We don't walk with God in order to be loved by him, but we walk with him because we have an understanding of how much he loves us. He loved us first, and he's never going to stop. I love that. We walk with God in order to be loved by him. We, do, we don't walk with God in order to be loved by him, but we walk with God because we have an understanding of how much he loves us. This is like the remedy, I think, right here to breaking off sin for sure. You're walking with the Lord. You understand how much he loves you. All that stuff is going to be so foreign, and it's going to ha- leave such a bad taste in your mouth that you, you're not even going to go there. You walk with the Lord, and you have an understanding of how much he loves you. When we can fully grasp this, it is breeding ground in our hearts for revival number two conviction so I define conviction as being compelled by love where we started conviction is being compelled by love to walk in the holiness that he paid for conviction the Holy Spirit through encouragement is the one who convicts I want to read John sixteen seven. It says but here's the truth It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager, which is the Holy Spirit, will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict or expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. And I love here in this translation where Brian identifies Holy Spirit as the divine encourager. It like, I, I shared this morning, it makes me think of, like, you know, maybe if, you know, your kids or your friends or whatever, your parents, when you're, like, about to do something, like, really, really stupid, and they're like, I highly, highly encourage you to not do that. Trust me. That is how the Holy Spirit convicts. Do you hear that? Religion has taught us that convi- conviction beats you down. But when in reality, we are actually being encouraged into righteousness. Wow. Put that in your religious pipe. Religion has taught you that conviction beats you down when in reality, we are being encouraged into righteousness. Condemnation brings guilt, but conviction brings encouragement. Wow. And what does Romans eight thirty three and 34 say? Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to his to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. What is it? Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For if he gave his life for us, and even more than that, he conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. How could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph, man? The gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift. The the conviction of the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Can you just, like, receive that gift? Let's just take a minute and pray. Maybe some of you grew up where conviction is like, mm-mm, like, I don't like it. Because you've con- it's been taught to you as condemnation, and, like, that's the same thing. If you don't feel beat down enough, if you don't feel guilty enough, if you don't feel shame enough that that's not true conviction. No, the spirit of conviction is led by the encourager, the Holy Spirit, who convicts you into righteousness, not into shame. All right? Can we just do that? Let's just pray together. Father, we welcome the divine encourager right now into our everyday life, into every decision that we make. Let your holy conviction come upon us, God. When we we step into things, Lord, and we start acting outside of your character and outside of who you called us to be, Father God, let the divine encourager come and convict us into righteousness. In Jesus' name amen. The next thing, repentance. Living a life that is completely open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit will awaken personal revival so that you can walk in in the holiness that is within you, okay? This will bring you to the place of repentance. Um, I said earlier, many of you maybe have have heard this word, but I'm going to say it again for those who don't. Repentance In the Greek is the word metanoia, which means change of mind. You've heard that, right? Repent just means to change your mind. But in order for you to change your mind, you need to acknowledge and recognize the conviction of the Lord enough to say, hey, something ain't right. You need to get to a place where you are acknowledging the encourager that's coming and saying, all right, this is not this is this is not what it's supposed to be. Okay, this is this does not align with the word of God. This does not align with the holiness that I know the Lord ha- that the Lord has placed in me. You need to recognize and acknowledge when that conviction begins to come in. And once you recognize this, then comes the breaking like of the fallow empty ground that is bearing no good fruit and you begin to confess these things to the Lord and you step into Romans 12:2 which says stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the holy spirit through a total reformation of how you think come on this will empower you to discern god's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes come on the act of repentance is saying that i will no longer conform to, imitate, or identify with the culture of this world? Can people tell the difference between you and the world? Are there people that covet your prayer life? Are there people that covet your peace? They covet your joy. Do they look at you and say, oh, man, or do they look at you and say, I don't want none of that? Do we imitate or identify with the world? The world is lost, And that's why the Lord sent a Savior and uses people to come and release freedom and be examples of who Jesus is. We are Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. Do we look like it? Do we talk like it? Do we believe like it? Come on. Repentance. I will no longer conform to imitate or identify with the culture of this world. A renewed, a renewed mind does an overhaul on the way you think, and it allows revitalization to take place in your thoughts and also what comes out of your mouth. So can we say yes to Jesus renewing our minds? Come on, let's allow the Holy Spirit to revitalize us and to cleanse and, and, and encourage our hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the gift of us being able to come to you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of not of repentance and not having to look like this world. And we just need to come back. Romans 12, 2, we can step right into it. Because you're not marked by what you do. You're not marked by your past. You are marked by the blood of Jesus. Come on. All right, hunger. I love this. I, I listen to a lot of Corey Russell. I love him. If you don't listen to him, you should. But I heard um I heard Corey Russell say this about hunger, and I was like eh. it says, You receive salvation freely, but the deeper things of God are only accessed by spiritual hunger. spiritual hunger so this is I, I want to tell you something spiritual hunger accesses the more here i'm going to read uh, Matthew five because Matthew five the Lord um, kind of gives us the medicine and, and the the personal and corporate revival with his blessing. I'm going to read Matthew 5. This is Jesus's blessing and promise. This isn't from the disciples or the prophet. Like, this is Jesus' blessing. So this is good, okay? And I agree. I'm going to read this out because I feel like the words are going to are going revive you and bring healing and comfort you and, recur- and encourage you. So uh, Matthew 5, I'm going to start with 3. It says, what happiness is comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty, for yours is the realm of heaven's kingdom. What delight comes to you when you wait upon the Lord, for you will find what you long for. Ah, come on, say, I will find what I long for. Jesus, what blessing comes to you when gentleness lives in you, for you will inherit the earth. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness, for you will be satisfied. Oh, my gosh. How satisfied you are when you demonstrate tender mercy, for tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. You say, God, I want to see more of you. Oh, Jesus, how joyful you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when persecuted for doing what is right, for that is when you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How ecstatic you can be when people insult you and persecute you and speak all lies, all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. So leap for joy since your heavenly reward is great. For you are being rejected the same way the prophets did before you. So we are in good company. (laughs) The blessings and the promises of Jesus are right here. I felt led to read it all, but I want to focus on verse 6. In the ESV it says, blessed are those who what? Yes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be... Yes, satisfied and filled. And this scripture is declaring that we can have the righteousness of God fully established in our lives if we hunger and thirst for it. Come on. If you study the word of God, um, the word hunger in this scripture and the word, it actually means to earnestly desire. So I want to ask you, do you live a lifestyle of desiring the things of God? Earnestly. And earnestly means deeply, strongly, intensely. Is that where you're at in your desire for the things of God? What does that even look like, you might say? How do I even do that? And this isn't about laboring or trying to get, you know, to a certain place of acceptance with the Lord. Because we already have that, right? But I heard this said once. What spiritual hunger looks like is having a revelation of our need for God. It's one thing for us to know how much we need him, for us to know how much we need him, but to have a revelation from the Lord where he begins to impart a spirit of burning and desperation of how much you need him. The Lord will show you how much you need him if you ask for it. And that's when the spiritual hunger awakens and you begin to cry out for the more because it's a cry of his spirit, of his groanings within you. The spiritual hunger begins to grow and when he satisfies that hunger and thirst and you become filled, that personal revival in your heart begins to manifest and it will create a hunger in others when they get around you and say, I need what they have. Come on. Let's just, I want to take a minute. Let's, let's pray for a fresh hunger. Can we do that? Come on, let's just do that. I don't know. Lift your hands. It just feels right. Let's just pray for the Lord. I don't know. It feels like a, just like a filling. Fill in our cup or something, Lord God, we just cry out right now for a fresh hunger, a fresh hunger for the more, a fresh hunger for the more that we wouldn't be in a place where we are settled and satisfied. Some of you have been saved for 30, 20, 30, 40 years, and you're like, I'm good where I'm at. I want to invite you into a lifestyle of knowing that there is more You think you've experienced the goodness of God? There is more. You think you've seen his faithfulness over your life? There is more. You think you've experienced him as comforter and friend? There is more. You've experienced him as healer. There is more. There's a place to step into that's outside of this bubble and this world that you have lived in. And if you want to stay there, it's okay. The Lord will meet you there. But I want to release an invitation to you to let the spirit of hunger and burning calls you to a place where you're like God I don't know what's going on I don't know where you have me I don't know what's next but I know there's more I know there's more so God we say lead us into the more and invite the spirit of burning right now in Jesus name oh God let a fresh desire come within us Lord That where we've become settled and complacent, Father, in our walk with you, Lord. And while it's a beautiful journey, I want to say right now, God, I know that you are calling me into more. You are calling me into fellowship with you in a deeper way, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you, Father, for a fresh outpouring of hunger right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name that all the settling and all the, all the, like, this is good enough, that that whole mindset and mentality would just break right now in Jesus' name. And it's okay if that's where you've been, but there's good news that there's more. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm inviting into you into, the personal revival, the personal awakening of what's within you to begin to fully manifest in a new way. Amen when we ask ourselves what's next the Lord reminds us that there has been a purpose and design for our lives since the beginning for our hearts to remain alive in him and it's not just for us let him use you say God use me say God use me don't be scared are you scared for God to use you say God use me Wow, come on. God uses people to accomplish his purpose and plan, so I hope that you are ready for what the Lord wants to do with you. But I just want to say, what is your role in this, and are you making room for it? What is our role as a corporate body, as a bride in this? Are you making room to stop, ask, and listen to the Lord with intentionality? Last Sunday at together Um, it was obedience from a people who were burning for more, okay? We made room for the Lord to unite the church, and God moved. There was a desperation for nothing else but a move of God, and he moved. And I believe right now the Lord is looking for hungry ones. He's looking for the desperate. As you know, and like stuff is getting dark out there. And who's going to be the one to stand up? And I I love praying in in the prayer closet, and I love doing all of those things, but I think it's time to release what we have outside of our comfortability, outside of our four walls. How is the Lord calling you to influence a world that is dark and that is in need of the light that the Lord has brought into us and that the Lord gives us? The ones who are ready for him to move how he wants to. It's, its He's looking for the ones who don't want just another event, but want to be transformed from the inside out. So I want to ask you some questions in our lives. Uh, Jimmy, can you play a little bit of music? I'm going to be closing here in just a second. I want to ask some questions. Is everybody okay? I know it was a lot. I hope it was hope it was good. It was helpful. I wanted to be encouraging. Like, I wanted to call you into something new. You know what I mean? Like, I love the messages that, that minister, minister to our hearts. But I feel like we're just coming into a place where the Lord is just like calling us in just into something a little bit more that's outside of ourselves. And the only way we can get there is we have the personal revival and the understanding of how much we are loved. We step into allowing the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come. We repent, the hunger comes, and we can change the world. Right? I want to ask you some questions. In our lives, are we intentionally making room for a move of God? Are we moving things around to host a move of God in our lives? Or are we moving Him around to suit our lives? We need a daily lifestyle that fuels personal revival. And I'm going to ask you this Is your calendar submitted to God? Is your day-to-day schedule submitted to God? Or have you become afraid to ask God what he wants you to do for fear of what he might say or change or ask you to lay down? This is a beautiful invitation to really examine our walk with the Lord, the depth of our relationship, stepping into koinonia and fellowship with the Lord, creating this personal this personal relationship with him for the Lord to reveal us, reveal to us the more that he has for us. If we could just stand to your feet. I feel like, um, I just feel called just to do a little, you can turn it up just a little bit, Jimmy. I want to do a call. I know there's a lot of us in here, but I'm just gonna follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you are in here and you're ready for a true, deep, and personal revival to take place within your heart in a life-changing way that is different from what you've done, that is different from what you've experienced. A true, sustained revival within you that everything is submitted to the Lord I would love if you could come to the front. Just find a space. Even if you want to make your way, I just feel like you need to, like, move out from where you are. And if that's the whole room, we're going to make it happen. But if you can, I want you to come to the front. There's space on the sides over here. There's something. The Lord is calling us into fellowship. And so I feel that it's significant with the call for you to respond to it, okay? If you are ready to walk into this place of unsustained personal awakening and revival within your life, so that way what you do is something that others are going to want. Something that others are going to covet. And not for the sake of them feeling bad, but they're going to come and say, tell me what you have, I need it too. Tell me about this Jesus tell me about this redemption. Tell me how he saved your marriage. Can you tell me how come even with your kids, maybe they're running around, but you're still okay. Tell me how you keep praying for the same thing. Like you've been sick and maybe you haven't experienced the healing, but somehow you still have joy. Can you tell me how you did this? Because I don't have hope. The Lord is looking for hungry ones who have a personal revival with the Lord, have a fellowship, and it's so strong, the fellowship, the intimate personal relationship that you don't even need to say anything, but because of your life, walking in revival, they're going to recognize it on you and they're going to want it. That's what the Lord is taking us into in this season. There's too many other voices and other influences. The bride of Christ needs to be the biggest influence. The bride of Christ needs to be the healthiest. The bride of Christ needs to be the loudest. The bride of Christ needs to be the ones that are walking the strongest and aren't intimidated or backing down or dealing with the same stuff over and over or having pity parties but are stepping out of things and coming out like warriors and saying, no, the truth says this. The truth the Bible says this about me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That I am strong. I am victorious. Greater is he who is in me than he that lives in the world. You know all the scriptures, so it's time for us to start walking in it right now in Jesus' name. So I want you just to begin to pray. If you're at a place where you need to repent because you have you have made God work around your schedule, then I invite you to repent right now. Wherever you are. If you're at a place where you've put other things first, I want you to examine that right now. And it's very easy God makes it very easy. He is so kind. If we can have, like, yeah, if there's people that want to pray with those who are up here, even if you're out there, if you want prayer when you're in the seats and this isn't your jam, that's okay. Let us pray with you. Let's even have um, maybe a couple people over here praying or whatever we have uh, samantha over here but let's just begin to lean into this into what the lord would want to do so i want us all together nobody's spectating let's just close our eyes let's just honor what the lord is doing what the honor what the lord is doing in this season and in this hour for the church because it's bigger than what's happening in this building it's bigger than us we are a part of it but we need to start So, Father, I thank you right now for the revelation of your love for us. First and foremost, I thank you, God, for loving me in my weaknesses, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for loving me in the times when I may be bickered and I complained or I worried. I thank you, God, for loving me, and I'm so glad that you don't change your mind about me, Father. You don't change your mind about us, Lord. You are not angry. You are not one who condemns, but you are one who encourages and uplifts and builds us and corrects us and guides us. Father God, we welcome you and all your power into our lives right now in Jesus name and right now Father I just break off every attack and every assignment of the enemy over your sons and daughters right now we say let every addiction be broken right now in Jesus names all those counterfeit things that you've been turning to for peace and for joy whether it's food whether it's TV whether it's pornography whether it's keeping yourself busy with a hobby whether it's eating whatever it is that all of those things that have taken taking the place of the peace of God. We say, let those things die right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for freedom here, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just begin to release it all to him. God, I release my schedule. You will no longer get the scraps of my life. You will not get the scraps of my energy. Even if my prayer is tired and weak, it's yours. And it's filled with love and it's filled with burning. If you need to wake me up in the middle of the night, God, do it. If you need to give me new dreams, do it. If I need to lay down a hobby, do it. If I need to pull my kid out of something, do it. Whatever you wanna do, I'm going to seek you first and then everything else, guys, falls into place when we put him first, everything else. Jesus, we love you and we recognize that you are calling us into deeper things as a body, as individuals, as a nation. Oh, Father. What would it look like if all hearts were fully revitalized and revived? That's what a revival is. People think an event is revival. No, that is not revival. A lot, all of the hearts coming together, a group of revived hearts, desperate and hungry, that is revival. A joining together, encouraging one another, being there for each other. Lifting one another up. Jesus, do it within us, Father. And right now, God, I just call for a fresh fire. A fresh fire. A fresh fire. A fresh fire the fire, all-consuming fire, burn within us, God, burning away all of the old dead things, God, burning away all of the old religious mindsets, burning away all the trauma and the regret and the shame and the disappointment. I know some of you have walked through some dark things, but the Lord says, I am here, I am here, and I'm gonna toss that thing as far as the east is from the west. It does not belong to you. It does not have to be, it it can be a memory, but it does not have to remain your story that you take into your future. I thank you, God, for healing the brokenhearted that don't know how to receive your love. I just say, let every heart be healed and mended right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness. For those of you that have been hurt by family, abuse, mentally, physically, emotionally, and you have a hard time receiving the love of God because that's where it starts, the foundation is the love of Jesus. I say right now is a time where the Lord is calling you into fellowship, into an intimate personal relationship with him and allowing him to heal those deep, deep wounds allowing him to touch those places in your heart maybe that you've never shared with anyone have fellowship with him he knows you better than anyone there's nothing hidden with him there's no secrets with him come out of the secret place (laughs) in that sense come out of the cave come out of hiding come out of shame The Lord is calling you into his marvelous light. He's calling you into the more. Stop letting your past keep you from fully, fully stepping into your purpose and your destiny. I thank you, Lord Jesus. And for those of you that need strength right now in your journey, strength and wisdom in your transition and your season of life right now. Just begin to receive the clarity of the Lord. We just say, Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let strength begin to just invade every heart, every body, every mind right now in Jesus' name. For those of you that feel tired physically, I just release the rest of the Lord, the deep, deep rest into your heart right now, the deep, deep rest of Jesus into your mind and into your spirit where your body feels tired and your heart, and you feel like you're being pulled in a thousand directions. I say lean into Jesus right now and receive the the peace of God the peace of God right now we say enemy you take your hands off right now in Jesus name you have no right you have no authority you have no access you have been evicted by the blood of Jesus so we just say right now let Peace, consume your heart in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Receive the strength of the Lord for your heart and for your body right now, in Jesus' name. Just begin to receive it from him. Thank you, Father. This isn't wishful thinking. This isn't imaginary. This is real. The Lord gives us real gifts. This isn't stories, storytelling from a Bible. This is the reality of what we have as sons and daughters to step into. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.